lacked confidence. The most famous psychologist that America has produced, Professor William James, wrote as follows, Action seems to follow feeling. But really, action and feeling go together, and by regulating the action, which is under the more direct control of the will, we can indirectly regulate the feeling, which is not. Thus, the sovereign voluntary path to cheerfulness, if our spontaneous cheerfulness be lost, is to sit up cheerfully and to act and speak as if cheerfulness were already there. If such conduct does not make you feel cheerful, nothing else on that occasion can. So, to feel brave, act as if we were brave, use all of our will to that end, and a courage fit will very likely replace the fit of fear. Apply Professor James' advice. To develop courage when you are facing an audience, act as if you already had it. Of course, unless you are prepared, all the acting in the world will avail, but little. But granted that you know what you are going to talk about, step out briskly and take a deep breath. In fact, breathe deeply for 30 seconds before you ever face your audience. The increased supply of oxygen will buoy you up and give you courage. The great tenor, Jean de Risky, used to say that when you had your breath so you could sit on it, nervousness vanished. Draw yourself up to your full height and look your audience straight in the eyes and begin to talk as confidently as if every one of them owed you money. Imagine that they do. Imagine that they have assembled there to beg you for an extension of credit. The psychological effect on you will be beneficial. If you doubt that this philosophy makes sense, you would change your mind after a few minutes' conversation with almost any of the class members who have preceded you in following the ideas on which this is based. Since you can't talk to them, take the word of an American who will always be a symbol of courage. Once he was the most timorous of men, by practicing self-assurance, he became one of the boldest. He was the trust-busting audience-swaying, big-stick-wielding president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt. Having been a rather sickly and awkward boy, he confesses in his autobiography, I was, as a young man, at the first both nervous and distrustful of my powers. I had to train myself painfully and laboriously not merely as regards my body, but as regards my soul and spirit. Fortunately, he has disclosed how he achieved the transformation. When a boy, he wrote, I read a passage in one of Marriott's books, which always impressed me. In this passage, the captain of some small British man of war is explaining to the hero how to acquire the quality of fearlessness. He says that at the outset, almost every man is frightened when he goes into action but that the course to follow is for the man to keep such a grip on himself that he can act just as if he were not frightened. After this is kept up long enough, it changes from pretense to reality, and the man does in very fact become fearless by sheer dint of practicing fearlessness when he does not feel it. This was the theory upon which I went. There were all kinds of things of which I was afraid first, ranging from grizzly bears to mean horses and gunfighters, but by acting as if I were not afraid, I gradually ceased to be afraid. Most men can have the same experience if they choose. Overcoming fear of public speaking has a tremendous transfer value to everything that we do. Those who answer this challenge find 
that they are better persons because of it. They find that their victory over fear of talking before groups has taken them out of themselves into a richer and fuller life. A salesman wrote, After a few times on my feet before class, I felt that I could tackle anyone. One morning, I walked up to the door of a particularly tough purchasing agent, and before he could say no, I had my samples spread out on his desk and he gave me one of the biggest orders I have ever received. A housewife told one of our representatives, I was afraid to invite the neighbors in for fear that I wouldn't be able to keep the conversation going. After taking a few sessions and getting up on my feet, I took the plunge and held my first party. It was a great success. I had no trouble stimulating the group along interesting lines of talk. At a graduating class, a clerk said, I was afraid of the customers. I gave them a feeling that I was apologetic. After speaking to the class a few times, I found that I was picking up with more assurance and poise. I began to answer objections with authoritativeness. My sales went up to 45% the first month after I started to speak to this class. They discovered that it was easy to conquer other fears and anxieties and to be successful where before they may have failed. You too will find that speaking in public will enable you to face what each day presents with the sure touch that confidence brings. You will be able to meet the problems and conflicts of life with a new sense of mastery. What has been a series of insoluble situations can become a bright challenge to increase pleasure in living.